0: I think sometimes in new motherhood, at least for me, it was hard to remember that the world was like still going on outside my door and that like not everything is revolving around like when's the last time this kid had a dirty diaper. And just like even taking five minutes to craft an email to a stranger telling them you like your podcast can sometimes be just enough to remind you that this is a season not for forever.
1: (laughs) This is Jess, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. This week, I'm sitting down with entrepreneur, author, and mama of two boys, Molly Beck. Molly is the CEO of Messy.fm, which is a private podcasting platform, and she's also the author of the book entitled Reach Out. I came across this book about two months ago and could not stop reading it. I think I read it in about three days. The whole premise is no matter what your occupation or no matter what your purpose, if you reach out every single day of the work week for an entire year, you will have reached out to over 260 people. And the connections and the network and the community that you build from that is just marvelous. I have joined her in a reach-out party monthly, and it's been truly life-changing. I want to let you know before we get this interview started that Molly is giving away two copies of her books to two very lucky winners. In order to be entered into the giveaway, go ahead and visit The Pumping Podcast on Instagram, and you'll find the post with all of the information. You don't want to miss a chance to get a free copy of this book, and I promise you it'll change your life no matter what your goals are. So go check that out on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast. There'll also be a link on the show notes. And I hope you enjoy our conversation. Here's Molly. Mamas, I am so excited to bring with you today someone who I'm, I can't yet say that she's my friend, but I have a feeling that we're going to be really close. This is entrepreneur, author, and mama of two beautiful little boys, Molly Beck. Molly, thank you so much for being a part of this.
0: Jessica, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Also, I feel like we're definitely friends. Like, update that intro. We are besties. (laughs) So excited to be on your show today. I just love that this podcast is for moms that are maybe feeling a little bit lonely. New motherhood can be tough, especially if you're doing the breastfeeding pumping thing or just up all night with the little kids. So super excited to be on your show today.
1: Oh, good. I'm so excited. So to give you guys a little bit of background about Molly, Molly is the CEO of Messy.fm, which is a private podcasting platform that she created from the ground up. And we'll hear a little bit more about that in a little bit. And then she's the author of a fabulous book, which is how I connected with her called Reach Out. So before she kind of goes into it, I just want to give you a little bit of background into how I came across Molly. So there's this another amazing woman who's not yet a mom, so we won't chat with her yet, but I'll put all of her links in the show notes. Her name is Carly Valancey, and I got connected to Carly through another amazing guy, Tony Howell, and Carly started talking about these reach-out parties that she's having, and in this online little cocktail hour that she put on for this group, she introduced this book and what it did for her, and I was instantly hooked. I said, I need this now, especially in the 2020 world that we're living in. And so I went out and I got the audiobook of it and I listened in like three days, listened to the whole thing and I was obsessed. And then I decided to start my own little thing and then I got overwhelmed and I was like, wait, I can't do this on my own. <laughs> so I decided to join. Carly has these, um, they're about monthly right now, right? This is the fifth cohort. Yeah. And they're reach out parties. And the intention is to reach out to somebody every single day and the reach out parties hold you accountable to that. And Molly's book, Reach Out, is all about that. It's about reaching out every single day for, well, well, business day, essentially, right? For a whole year and the opportunities and connections and collaboration that comes with that. So just share a little bit before we dive into, you know, life beforehand and life as a mother about Reach Out and what that book meant for you.
0: Sure. So, you know, I'll tell the story of actually how I got the book deal because I feel like a lot of people are interested sometimes in having their own book feel. And I feel like sometimes it's helpful to hear that story. So I started blogging like a decade ago, um, was super excited about the blogging space. My blog was called Smart, Pretty, and Awkward, three pieces of advice every day, how to be smarter, how to be prettier, how to be less awkward. And um, from the blog success, I was able to get an agent. And I thought, okay, as soon as I have this agent, A book deal won't be far behind. Like We did a book proposal, we sent it out. I think we sent it out to like 29 publishers or something like in tranches. First you do 10, then you do 10 more. Okay, we can just leave that whole thing in. Okay, everyone, I just heard Mike in the background and I kind of wanted to tell him to be quiet, but Jessica said, keep going. Okay, (laughs) so anyways, in this story, I really thought that I would get this book deal related to my blog, sent it out, nobody wanted it tried all of these things to have this book get off the ground. This is like 2012, 2013, just wasn't happening. So sort of put the book dream on a shelf, kept writing the blog, kept staying. I was working in marketing at the time, kept working in marketing Yada, yada, yada. Fast forward to 2016. I'm working at Forbes. I'm running Forbes podcast for them. And um, one of the editors asked me to write a piece for a column they had where you shared one piece of advice that had been instrumental in your career. I was trying to think of a piece of advice I could share. And I was like, well, you know, I've been doing this reach out thing for the past five years. You know, I've been reaching out to a stranger every day and it's been really sort of transformational. I don't think I've ever written about that. I should write that for my Forbes piece. I sent it into the editor at Forbes, kind of forgot about it. They sat on it for like four months. Um, so they can't have thought it was like the most amazing piece they ever got. <laughs> but then they ended up publishing it on a random Tuesday in March. They didn't tell me they were publishing it, they just published it. I came out of a meeting. I saw my LinkedIn had like millions, not millions, I don't know, hundreds of new, con- a lot of new connections. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I think I've been hacked. Like I, like <laughs> what's going on with my LinkedIn. And then I looked at it, all of the LinkedIn messages were referencing reaching out. So like in the span of 10 seconds, I was like, put the pieces together. And I was like, Forbes published this article on reaching out. It's going viral. And then this could be my book deal. So I literally scurry back to my desk at Forbes Open the old email, send an email to my agent. And I'm like, her name is Molly, also my name. And I'm like, Molly, hi. Also, I wrote this article. It's going viral. I think this could be our book deal. And I immediately get a bounce back because I haven't talked to my agent in so long. She's moved agencies. So I'm like, okay, like, okay, okay. So I track her down. And then, like, two weeks later, um, the I had a book deal with McGraw-Hill. And so I just want to tell that story because I feel like sometimes if you had asked me when I was so sad and like 2012, 2013, just thinking that this book thing would never happen for me. And then it happened about a totally different topic in a totally different way than I thought. So if anyone out there is like, either trying to make a book happen and it's harder than they thought it would be or really trying to make any project happen that's sort of like a big moment in their career life. I totally get it. And I spent a lot of those like 2012, 20, 2013 20, years sad thinking the book thing wasn't going to happen. Then it happened in an unusual way. So anyways, that's just a story that. about How that book deal happened. The actual book, as Jessica mentioned, is about the idea of sending one email every day to a person on the edge of your network, whether that's a friend of a friend or a total stranger or someone that you used to know but you've lost touch with, someone that you've met recently but haven't deeply connected with, and how the power of other people can really change your life. We focus on email outreach because it's free. You can do it, you know, one handed if you're <laughs> breastfeeding a baby and then, then you have, you know, writing an email on the other hand on your phone. Um, but we really try to make it very accessible. Does not matter where you went to school? Does not matter where you live? Does not matter if you're currently in or out of the workforce or something in the middle? Anyone can benefit from having more connections. And that's really sort of the crux of the idea of the book. So I published this book and published this book, 2017, actually had to push back the publication date because it ended up that publication dates are like a year in advance. It turned out that it was actually set for when I, I was pregnant with my first child on his due date. I'm like, oh, wow, like, going to work. <laughs> so the book came out when my three-year-old was, my now three-year-old was three months old. And um the book did well when it came out. We had like some press around it, found like an audience of core readers. But then like I kind of thought that was like, okay, that's what happened with Reach Out. Like I, I was very proud, I was and am very proud of the book. I think it's well written. I think it's helpful to people, but it hadn't really found its like perfect community until last summer I get an Instagram direct message from Carly, um, who said, Hey, I just read your book and I loved it. And um, would love to stay in touch. And I'm like, okay, perfect. Sounds great. So happy you liked it. And like six months later, she followed up and said, the pandemic is happening. And I think we can make this into something else. Will you partner with me on these reach out parties? And it's just been an amazing, amazing thing. And, you know, similar to the book deal, I thought when Rebout came out and it didn't instantly become some sort of like you know, beloved number one bestseller that that was kind of the end of Reach Out. And now in the past like six months, it's totally had a new life thanks to Carly and helping to bring a community around it. And Carly brings lots of skills to putting together a live event that I don't have. And um, it's just really interesting when you think about your career and I guess about motherhood, how things don't always happen the way that you thought they would, but maybe that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, it just completely speaks to this whole idea of reaching out and asking for help and not even asking for help, but I think just giving grace and, you know, as you call them gifts and just sort of putting that out into the universe and seeing where it's going to go. It's, it's really amazing. And like I said, in the beginning, I'll put all of the information in the show notes, but I'm a part of the cohort now and I don't remember what reach out I'm on. Sometimes I get a little bit excited and I like send two in a day, which I should probably limit myself. <laughs> but um yeah, if if anyone out there wants to join, I highly highly recommend it. And we're going to circle back a little bit more to reach out and maybe how it can connect more to moms. But I want to go into so clearly you were doing some of this book deal stuff working on the possibilities before becoming a mom. Paint the picture for us. How else did it look? Life before motherhood
0: yeah, so I was living in New York City and um, I got married in 2015 and I've been living in New York City at that point for like seven or eight years and just had a series of corporate jobs, um, went to some startups, went to some big companies, Hearst, Venmo. we just talked about Forbes. Um, I got my master's somewhere along there. so I was just really doing the New York City. Working nine to five thing always had tons of side projects, like the book was a side project to my like nine to five and the blog was a side project. and I did a lot of like random teaching and um you know, I always yeah. love I actually had a podcast about side hustles for a long time. like I've always loved the side hustle um so that was what life was like before kids, honestly, kind of what life is like after kids, but I'm sure we'll get into that. But that's what life was like. Um, Got pregnant with my first child in 2016, right after that Forbes article had gone viral and right after I'd gotten that book deal. And um, and then he was born in May of 2017, and the book came out in September of 2017. And then also in that summer, We, my husband and I and the new baby moved to California. So I also did a cross-country move with a newborn, which, spoiler alert, I then did again two years later. So I have done (laughs) two cross-country moves, both with, one was with a three-month-old, one was with a two-month-old. So I am an expert in the cross-country move with a small child.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If anyone needs some tips, reach out to Molly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And what was pregnancy and your birthing experience like? Was it fairly simple? Was it a challenge?
0: Yes, I would say it was fairly simple. Um, I mean, I feel like you know, just the miracle of human life, run of the mill, you know, simple, no big
1: deal, simple.
0: Yeah, I would say I was lucky. I will say that. Um, I don't know if anyone else is struggling with this, but I definitely gained a lot of weight with my first pregnancy, and that actually messed with my head more than anything else. Was, um like just looking so different than I had like looking in the mirror and looking a lot different than I had looked just like a couple of months before. Um, But then actually, this is just a funny side note. So right after I had my first and I was in a wedding and um, I had not, not lost the baby Wade. And, um, but for some reason in my head, I feel like your brain, like my brain was just playing tricks on me. Sort of, kind of. I just felt the best I've ever felt in this wedding. I was probably like eight or 10 weeks postpartum. I was like just getting the hang of breastfeeding, wasn't sleeping at all. Definitely still at um, a pregnancy weight. But I just was, I think maybe because I was so sleep deprived, but whatever it was, <laughs> I have a little to loopy. say, <laughs> Totally. Like when I, I remember taking the photos in the wedding and I was like, I look amazing. And now when I look at the photos, I'm like, not sure. I'd be like, wow, I look amazing. But my brain was just like playing all these tricks on me. So I don't know. I guess that's just a side note to say. I
1: think, yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing though. It's like not many people would have that experience and feel that way, but I think that's an empowering thing to have because you just brought life into the world. So you were like a pretty kick-ass superhero, you know, woman showing up at this wedding. And I think, I, I think it's hard. I mean, I haven't been there. I'm, I'm still learning and one day we'll feel what that feels like, but I always just want women who have experienced that situation and they're maybe it's a year, two years and they still have that baby weight. Like it's no big deal. You are where mm. you are at and you brought life into the world. I just, I don't think that's any small feat.
0: Totally. And I will say a change that I made in my life is that um, probably like six months ago, I just got rid of my scale. Like, you know what, yes. whatever I weighed, before I had kids, honestly, this point, it was a bunch of years ago. Now, anyways, mm-hmm. I feel really happy. And like something that was making me feel not happy was every morning stepping on the scale and, you know, thinking I'm still X number of pounds away from where I was before or when or where I want to be. And I was like, it's not really how I look that's bothering me. It's like this scale that's bothering me. But I just put yeah. the scale away. And honestly don't miss it and can't imagine going back to it and at the same time that I feel like I'm being so like flippant about this I will say that it wasn't really it was while I was pregnant the weight bothered me immediately after it didn't bother me like I just told that wedding story but probably like a year later when I was still holding on to a lot of the pregnancy weight is when it started to bother me again, but then I almost instantly got pregnant again. And so then I was like giving myself a free pass. I think it's just hard if anyone else is doing two under two was hard for me having both the kids so close together. Yeah, But one thing is that like for those two years periods, like your clothes are all over the place. And like, so it was kind of like in the chaos, it mattered less. And then this time around, after I had my second kid, I just eventually threw away the scale and now I'm like, okay, we're just living a new life without a scale and that's been better for me.
1: Yeah, and you know, I I'm one who I've never really loved numbers and scales just as a woman in general. I do keep track of my weight and my fat percentage, but that's because I work out pretty hard and I want to see What's happening with it? But if I were to tell you guys how much I weigh, and I'm like a very fit person, you cannot go by the numbers. I mean, I weigh a lot, and a lot of that is because I'm tall and I have muscle, and then some of that's because sometimes I decided to like go and you know have spoons of spoonfuls of peanut butter, which is happening way too much recently. (laughs) But you know, I just think that's go by how you feel, how you look, and call it a day.
0: Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. I, I always had this idea for a book. Um, you're reminding me I wanted to call it metrics that don't matter. And I wanted to give a bunch of like metrics in our lives, like your weight doesn't matter, your number of Instagram followers doesn't matter. But then the challenge was I could never think of more than those like two chapters. <laughs>
1: Well, mama's out there. If you have any other metrics that don't matter to you, send them in to Molly.
0: Seriously, do it.
1: I love that. So uh, were the births of both of your sons different or did you learn from the first one and adjust anything?
0: Mm, Wow. I feel like I should definitely say I learned from the first one and adjusted stuff, but I'm not sure that was totally the case. Yes, they were (laughs) different though. My first son was, I was really overdue and um, it was a C-section. And my second son came early er um like three or four weeks earlier, and um was a v back and both of them were very big kids. actually, the second kid that came four weeks early was actually bigger than the first kid, but they both hit over nine pounds and um but lo, as we're talking about metrics that don't matter, I feel like that's a metric that doesn't really matter. I feel like sometimes like i actually I feel like I feel like, like, I just right now was like sort of bragging about my kids being bigger, but like, that's not really a metric that matters. So, yeah. Calling yeah. myself out on my own shit right there. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. Can we not swear on this podcast? What
1: no, else? you can swear. Go for okay, it. Okay, sorry.
0: Okay, sorry. <laughs> on my own stuff that don't matter. Hopefully, these, hopefully your babies are small enough to not know bad words.
1: Mamas, I just wanted to take a quick moment to recognize one of my sponsors, Hypno Babies. Hypno Babies is birth hypnosis how to enjoy your baby's birth in comfort, joy, and love. If you're a soon-to-be mama or know a soon-to-be mama, check out the link in the show notes for Hypno Babies. There's a home study course, there's mp3 tracks, and there's also a few non-birthing tracks as well. How to stop smoking, how to help your toddler sleep, and many, many more. Check out Hypnobabies in the show notes for a 20% off discount, and make sure you use the code PUMPINGPODCAST for a 20% off discount. For more info about Hypno Babies, you can go back and listen to episode 7, where I interviewed the founder and CEO, Carrie Tushoff. She was gracious enough to give my listeners a private code for 20%. Off. So make sure you use that code pumping podcast. Go check out Hypno Babies in the show notes. Now back to the show.
0: So yes, I I would say that what I learned, well actually also something that was interesting is that one of my kids was born in New York and one was born in LA. Actually The biggest thing I learned was that in New York City, you had to pay for your partner to be able to stay in your room. Um, I gave birth in Mount Cyanide West um, and that was really expensive and insurance didn't cover it. And um, especially because it was a C-section, we were there for like four or five days. So the bill when we checked out was like incredibly high. And that was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of money for like a not great hotel experience, right? Um,
1: but With then in terrible LA, food.
0: totally. But <laughs> LA, um, actually, this is just such a side note too. I was just gonna say the name of our LA hospital, but I can't remember it now. And I remember when I was pregnant in my mommy and me group, we had another mom and I and then my our husbands went out to dinner and the other mom was like really on top of her stuff and she was like, Oh, what hospital are you giving birth in? Okay. I'm like seven months pregnant. type have this conversation. Could my husband and I come up with the name of the hospital? <laughs> no. The only thing we come up with was it's right next to the Del Taco. I'm like, we look so irresponsible. But then the funny thing was our hotel room, or not a hotel room, our hospital room actually did overlook the Del Taco when we oh ended up my giving birth. God,
1: how funny.
0: Anyways, but yeah, we just, so that was different. New York versus LA, but they were both hospital experiences. Obviously, C-section versus VBAC is like a little bit of a different experience. But I will say that one thing I did change is I always regretted that I didn't get a photo of my first son with the New York City doctor that delivered him. So I fixed that for my second son. And I was so excited for this photo, like the whole time to my husband, Colin, I'm like, we got to get the photo of the baby with the doctor, the baby with the doctor. Do you know that my husband took this photo from the side after I've given birth? I'm totally naked. All you see is like all of these like lumps on the left-hand side of me. I'm holding this baby. The doctor is in the shadows. You can't even see her face. I'm like, this is the photo that I've like. Good yeah, job, exactly. husband. <laughs> Not the best photo. But anyways, I had a really That's nice experience. That's a good experience. idea to remember. One thing I would say, if anyone's watching this, something that was so transformational to my first experience was because it was an emergency C section, it didn't happen exactly like I thought it would. And um I'll never forget this. The next day, the doctor that did it came into my room and like sat down, like no charts or anything, just like like a like a friend, and was like, Hey, I know the birth didn't happen the way that you probably wanted it to so or like different from your birth plan so let's talk about that and it was just like the nicest and he was like here's why here's why here's what was happening here's what I was seeing here's what I was worried about here's why we did it and um, having that conversation with the doctor like really made me feel so much more positive about the c-section and if anyone here is like is has a has a birth experience that went different than they thought even if your baby is a few months old or even older you know if you see your doctor again ask them to walk you through your charts or hey what was happening that day or could you tell me a little bit more about why we did this instead of that because just having that knowledge of like oh that's why the doctor recommended this versus that really made a lot of sort of my feelings about that were maybe not exactly what i was planning on go away
1: and that's an interesting perspective too because I think a lot of the times on this podcast we're encouraging mamas to and women to be their own advocate to speak up when they're you know going through something in the hospital room or wherever to really speak up for themselves but I like that idea too of after the fact saying you know well what really did happen and if you're planning on having another you know maybe how could that have been adjusted so that's that's good advice. How has motherhood changed you?
0: Oh, what a great question. Um, huh? Mm.
1: I mean, when I hear you speak now, I've, I can hear that New York City woman who is just this go-getter entrepreneur woman as well. And that's what I see today as well. And I wonder how, how you might be different after those two cross-country trips and two little boys.
0: Hmm. Mm. Wow, I really feel like I should have a great answer. Okay, so let me tell you about my life now. <laughs> so I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, two sons. Um, they are just turned three and then eighteen months. And um, they we live. So we went from New York, where the first son was born, to LA, where the second son was born, and then we moved back to Philly. And then we moved from Philly to Orlando. So now we live outside Orlando, and um, I still, actually, career wise, have done the same thing all of motherhood. I've always done Messy FM, which is my startup and my quote unquote day job, my my real job. Or I shouldn't say real, like what what I spend most of my time on. And then Reach Out is a side hustle for me. And um, I think that the I, you know what. Okay. This is a, maybe not, this is, this is the true answer for me. I'm not sure that motherhood has changed me so much that it has made me, it's, I feel like my, so my career has always been very important to me and my career makes me very happy, but my kids make me very joyful. And I feel like that that's a different experience. Um, You know, anyone with kids, it's not always that like the actual, every moment of every day is not super fun and, you know, diapers and k- kids aren't sleeping through the night and they're not happy or like kids are always needing to eat. Like, why am I in my kitchen all the time? <laughs> like I just fed these kids and now they're hungry again, but I'm so, so happy on like i I'm joyful really that I have mm. kids, but I will say that my career continues to be a huge source of happiness for me. And my career actually does make me happy, not 100% of the time, but 90% of the time I'm really excited about my job. And so if someone's listening to this and they, I think what I expected to happen after I had kids was that my personality would change. It really didn't. The things that were great about me before are still great. The things that were annoying about my personality are, I'm still annoying (laughs) to to me, (laughs) But I feel like a, I feel like a little bit deeper sense of joy around the world. But I also feel like, I do feel like that sometimes when people talk about how motherhood has like changed their perspective on everything, that it makes it seem like the only way to get this new perspective on life is to have kids. And I just feel like if there's someone listening to this, that maybe motherhood is not in your path. There are so many ways to live like a deeply joyful life and kids has been a great way for me, but there's lots of ways to have tons of joy in your life.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. So I want to circle back a little bit to reach out. How do you think mothers specifically could benefit from reach out? I mean, I see so many possibilities in it, but moms who are maybe don't have a career that they're really focusing on right now maybe they're even just overwhelmed cuz they have these kids and they can't even think about reaching out how could it benefit and impact their life
0: yeah great question um well first of all i think if your kid is under like 12 weeks old this does not apply to you like tw- <laughs> if, like you are in the thick of the fourth trimester give yourself a break listen to your podcast listen to your audiobooks don't worry about doing anything extra at this time being but if you're at a sp- space where you're looking to either go a little deeper in a career or make some more friends in your area or just sort of ready to start peeking out of like the newborn fog rabbit hole, a really easy way to do that is to make it a point every day to connect with either someone new or to reconnect with someone you've lost touch with. And that could be an email. It could be an Instagram DM. It could be a FaceTime or a phone call. Um, And that's really the crux of the book Reach Out is thinking about how to make connection a part of every day. And I think that that's enormously important for anyone that's going through a change, but especially new moms. I will also say that something that was very helpful to me when I was a new mom is I did this. Thing, um, called Every Days. And it was just a spreadsheet in my Google Docs where I listed things that I wanted to do every day. And it had something that were super easy to do. Like one of them was like literally tell Colin, I love him. That's my husband. Oh. Tell Colin, I love him. How long does that take? One second. But then some of them were like, read 20 pages of a book, listen to one podcast. And one of them was reach out. And um, sometimes a reach out would be having just a really long text thread with an old friend. Sometimes a reach out would be a big FaceTime conversation with my mom. And sometimes a reach out would be to someone that I wanted to work with in six months, or I wanted to tell that I really enjoyed their podcast. You know, if someone's listening to this and they want to start reaching out, you, Jessica, would be an amazing first reach out for them. Hey, I listened to your podcast. I love it. It brings me so much joy. just wanted to tell you, you have a fan. That's an easy way for them to feel plugged into the world around them, connecting with someone new, you, Jessica, and also a way for them just to remind, I think sometimes in new motherhood, at least for me, it was hard to remember that the world was like still going on outside my door and that like not everything is revolving around like when's the last time this kid had a dirty diaper and just like even taking five minutes to craft an email to a stranger telling them you like your podcast can sometimes be just enough to remind you that this is a season not for forever and honestly my kids aren't even that old they're three and 18 months like No one has a mortgage. They don't have their own mortgage yet. But (laughs) already, I think I'm out of the newborn. I'm out of the, you know, my youngest is still in diapers. But like in many ways, I feel out of that, that thing. And that it wasn't that long ago, like a year ago, I was still breastfeeding. And now I'm like, what? Babies? Like so long ago. So like it truly is a season. And I, especially when I was, thinking it was a season that would never end, that advice was very helpful to me when people say this is truly a season. It actually doesn't feel like it's going by fast, but like before you know it, it will be different. And that's a positive thing because it just gets better. That's the other thing. I wish, like I wasn't really, I, mean, I wasn't like a to- someone that was like totally in love with like all of the things that came along with like a newborn or a really small baby. And like, I truly feel like every stage has just gotten so much better. It's so much fun when they crawl. It's so much fun when they start to talk. Like my three-year-old and I have conversations now. Like I truly think with motherhood at least, like the best is always yet to come, or at least that's been my experience so far.
1: Yeah, that's so beautiful. If anyone's listening who needs their first reach out, Go ahead, send me a reach out, Jessica at The Pumping Podcast. I would love to connect. And I think it's important to know the the primary piece, I think, that you speak about in Reach Out is the gift-giving aspect. And so if anything else, to just share, whether it's this podcast or another podcast or a book or something you've watched or something you've read, an article, if you just pass that along to somebody... It's just kind of putting that good energy out into the world and then seeing what possibilities come. And I don't want moms who are listening to think that this has to be a career-based thing or it has to be a big, long email that they're creating. It's purely just dropping a DM or sending a quick text saying, hey, I I just came across this. It made me think of you. And I hope you're doing well during this crazy time. Like, what did what are you picking up? One of my lines right now is like, I recently picked up coloring and I'm back to crocheting. I'm kind of a grandma, like what's keeping you going during this time, you know? And I think for moms, you need that community. You're so right. Like, I think I hear all the time that it feels like there isn't a world outside of this, you know, little bubble that you're in. And it just makes you, it brings you back to the, the woman that you are and the person that you were before these kids came along.
0: A hundred percent. And I also think when we think about reaching out, we think that it has to be to people that are like having some level of success or fame. And some of my best reach outs have been to people that I was like close to in sorority. Now I follow them on Instagram. They're not influencers. Like we are all have you know, private accounts, just following each other, but like, maybe their kids are a little bit older than mine, or maybe they like shared a product that seemed super helpful and interesting and just like shooting them a DM. That's like, Hey, I bought that thing after I saw your kids loved it. And now my kids love it too. Like, thanks for sharing your racks, your recommendations, like with your followers. Like, I feel like it doesn't have to be that we're like reaching out to the most famous mommy blogger of all time. It can be to like, sort of like our loose acquaintances and just thanking them for sharing. like how All of us, including me, are doing Insta stories because we want it to find people that find our advice or recommendations helpful. So let someone know that their advice or recommendations were helpful.
1: Yeah. And no matter who it is that you get a message from, well, unless it's a bot, but <laughs> no matter who it is that you get a message from, whenever you get those to, that come in, it just feels so good. And so- just know that you're giving back to somebody else. Love Molly, I could speak to you forever about this stuff. And I, you're just such a good energy. And I'm so excited for moms to hear all about this. My last question for you is diving into the future a little bit. What is something that you want to tell your two little boys now for when they're 18?
0: Okay, what an amazing question! I'm feeling a little bit like the time I said, "Oh, it's the hospital next to the Del Taco." Like, don't know if I have a great answer for this one. Um, I hope when my boys are 18 that they really like themselves, that they have remained true to the core of who they are, even if it's different than what their dad and I thought they would be like, or think they should be like, or what their peers think. I My big wish for my kids is that when they go to bed at night and they're staring at the ceiling tiles, that they're really happy with who they are and they feel like they're being true to themselves. I hope that's true for them.
1: Perfect, Molly. Thank you so much. How can people find you?
0: You can always find me online, Ms. Molly Beck, Miss Molly Beck, M O L L Y B E C K. That on all social platforms. You also can always reach out to me, Molly at messy.fm you are just always welcome to oh you're always welcome to read reach out your library might have a copy um or your college college bookstore or amazon or all of those places and um just really thanks for hanging out with jessica and i today and on this podcast and i hope you had a really happy pumping session (laughs)
1: exactly me too all those links will be in the show notes so you can connect with molly she was my very first reach out and so i'm sure she'd love to be yours as well or you can reach out to me and i hope that um i hope that you do and see what what starts to come from that molly thank you so much for your time i'm so enjoyed it the pumping podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms and i am your host i'm not yet a mama i'm a mama in training If you're enjoying what you hear, take a minute on Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and make sure you review so other mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. Some fun news for you, we have a private mama network for support and community of mamas. If you'd like to join, email info at thepumpingpodcast.com. Also, if you'd like to be a guest and share your journey into motherhood, email interviews at thepumpingpodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast. And for any other questions or to connect, check out ThePumpingPodcast.com. Thank you so much for spending some of your day with me. You light me up and inspire me. And share the podcast with a mama or future mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping.